Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Welcome to our podcast. Today we're going to speak with Charlie Johnson, a.k.a. Carlos, and welcome, Charlie. Thank you. Our first question we have for you is, when and where did you get saved, and what brought you to that decision to receive Jesus? Well, like everybody in my age group, my mother and father brought me up in church. I was in churches all over the world. But in 1991, in Chicago, Illinois, Bobby Wells had a church on Roosevelt Road in a Holiday Inn. And it was August, and he was preaching all week long about sinners in need of a Savior. I was 13. And I listened to three or four of the messages throughout the weeks. And one really stood out at me when he started talking about Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that the only way that we could be saved was through Jesus and the finished work of Calvary. And he presented the gospel and I was sitting there. And before he started preaching, he sung a song, Thanks to Calvary, I'm Not the Man I Used to Be. And I listened to every word that he was singing. And my heart started racing out of my chest in the song service. Then as he presented the message, I knew that I needed saved. And I knew that Jesus loved me and he died for me. And I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I went to the altar, and Bubby Wells, God rest him, led me in a prayer, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Amen. And that was 1991 in Chicago, Amen. Illinois. And the rest is history. Can you remember the first person you witnessed to or brought to the Lord? Yes. I Later on, I would... I had a fire underneath me, and I wanted to tell everybody about Jesus and the gospel. Mm -hmm. And there was a young man. Well, he'd have been a young man. I was just a teenager. But I spoke to him in the lobby of the motel. It was the Comfort Inn in Downers Grove right after I got saved. And I led the man in the same prayer as Bubby led me in. And that was the first person I ever witnessed to. And they were saved. And after that, we went to L.A. for the winter. And I was with the other Charlie Johnston. And we used to... God was moving a lot in the early 90s amongst the crew and the young people. Mm -hmm. Me and Charlie used to go and pass out tracks. And... uh, 
witness in Westwood, and a lot of us did. We went to Roy's church, and you know, you after witnessing several times, and you know, some seeds planted, and some rejection, and yeah. some acceptance. One that stood out to me is there was an atheist, mm -hmm. and. I presented everything that I knew at the time as a baby Christian to him, and he ate me alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I went home, and I told Bill, I told my father, God bless them, some of some of my older relatives, and my father told me, he said, "Well, do this. The next time you see him, if you see him again, tell him that." If he's right, he's lost nothing. But if I'm right, he's lost everything. And after weeks and weeks and weeks, it seemed like maybe five or six different weeks of seeing this man and talking to him. The one time I, I had the opportunity again and I said it to him and two tears rolled down his face. Amen. And I knew that there was a breakthrough there. Just a couple of them that stood out at me. Amen. Amen. That was a good that one. That was a good that one. That was a good one. That definitely was. Uh, the third question we have, I don't even know if it's going to apply to you because you're too young. <laughs> it was the 70s. What do you remember about that? Probably well, not much, but no, you have a lot of stories. I, I have a lot. Of, well, right. listen, it was the 70s is why we're where we're at today. Yeah, yeah. And I was only a year and a half old when the 70s ended. But when I was three years old in Spyro, Oklahoma, it was prophesied that I'd be a preacher, a minister of God in the Spyro revival. I guess it would have been. Yeah. And That was before I was married. Uh, my father always told me the story, and my mother always told me the story how when I was three years old that preacher come up, put their hands on me, anointed me, and said, this child is called by God and that he'll be a minister of God. Well, parts of my life, I would have never in life, you know. Like all of us. Right. Like all of us, yeah. And then, but even when I got saved at 13, for a couple of years there, we was all on fire. Mm -hmm. And then like the prodigal son, we had it all. And then we kind of went down a different path that started. Yeah. Yeah. living life for the world and things of the world and we were young and crazy and foolishness but you know something I always remember the story of my father telling me about the 70s and my mother and the revival and my mother being baptized by Michael in, in Houston, Texas and all the stories of all my family and relatives that they told me mm -hmm. and I it always stuck with me, and all my life I remember watching my father, God rest him, read his Bible every night, no matter what was going on in life. Mm -hmm. And he would always kneel down and say his prayers at the at the bed. He wouldn't say them in bed, or he wouldn't. He would kneel down and say his prayers. And when me and him would talk about the seventies, and we talk about when they come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior, and the great revival, and that's what I believe paved the way for where we're at today. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, 
if it wasn't for them times, where would we be at? Amen. If the gospel wouldn't have been preached and souls wouldn't have been saved and seeds wouldn't have been planted, where would we be at? But the word of God does not come back void. And people will talk about prophecy and prophesying. Well, you know, many a times I had Bobby Wells prophesying and he was right on, you know, he could literally right in tune with God, read your mail, you know. He could, and uh, a lot of a lot of in my lifetime. Not only did he lead me to Christ, but as I, after that first couple of years, and I started living for the world, I got married young. I got married to me and Anna. I was nineteen; she was eighteen. And then, naturally, at nineteen, you think you know the wit of the world, but you really don't. Mm -hmm. And pressures of life, and one thing and another. But who was there? Bubby Wells. And uh, I uh, always looked up to him, admired him, and I appreciate his ministry. And I know where he's at today, yeah. you know. Yeah. Amen. But he was uh, he was a big part, and God used him because of that prophecy when I was three years old. And yeah. you know, the Word of God says the Word of God does not come back void. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's right. So that prophecy. Although I couldn't see it or I didn't know how it was going to come about or did I even have a desire of preaching at times. I always had a fear of God and I knew when I would hear messages, I would I would feel convicted like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Right. And so that's that's my story there. When do you feel you were called to ministry? Uh how did that come about for you? Like, how did you feel you were called the ministry? Well, put the prophecy aside mm -hmm. when I was three years old. <laughs> Just put that one aside for well, right now. What was we'll next? Lay, <laughs> we'll lay that one aside. We, uh, you know, when, like I said, when I was 19, we had our moments mm -hmm. and God restored everything to me. And I, I was trying to live for God and I rededicated my life to Christ. Uh -huh. And I, yeah. Uh, was in church and uh, my Charlie was a newborn. Mm -hmm. He was just born, mm -hmm. and we uh, I did Georgie Junior and uh, Pepper asked me to do a lead a service on a youth meet at the Quality Inn on Main Street, mm -hmm. and that's twenty four years ago. And I I led the service. And I was convicted because I chewed tobacco mm -hmm. and I smoked. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was just a bad testimony, especially for youth. So I said, I really can't do that. So I went on and we went up to Salt Lake and 9 11 had hit. Mm -hmm. We come back to town and the church had just opened mm -hmm. on Houston. And at first I was like, oh, yeah, I. I would go wash my truck on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was at. And not not doing anything really living wild or that. I was no. just working and yeah. trying to get ahead. And I had a young family. My George was one. My Charlie was two. Going to be three. And my father went to church naturally. And he came back and he told me, you need to get your family and go to church. So the next Sunday I went to church. And I enjoyed it and went on and on. And I 
I knew that I was supposed to be doing something, but I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Right. So Addie asked me to usher one night. Mm -hmm. So I just took up the offer, and I had a, a whole different feeling on me afterwards. And I just started doing that, and then started doing an odd youth meeting here or there, and I was... I was trying to do things myself mm -hmm. as far as quitting tobacco would go or something like that that I couldn't and on my own. And then I ended up falling off a roof and busting my jaw. Yeah. And not saying that God caused that, but I was praying to be used by God. And I knew that that was a stumbling block in the testimony, especially doing youth meetings. Mm -hmm. So I was wired shut for seven weeks in two days. But when I was wired shut, I had chewing tobacco in my mouth when I fell off the roof. The doctor said I had to clean your mouth out. There was all kinds of tobacco in there. And he said, if you try to do anything like that right now, you'll cause a very bad infection. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't eat, I couldn't smoke, and I couldn't chew tobacco. So all I could do is walk at night while she was eating with the kids and old tommy james would walk with me around uh, the building at the track next to the sand building yeah yeah and uh, he was my partner mm -hmm. and we would talk back and forth and a lot of times so i was praying if he wasn't there i would just pray but ask god to help me and to take the cravings away and to, yeah. and there's something about on the third day Day three, I'll never forget it. I never crave nicotine again. Praise God. Now, my jaw was wired shut. And you say, well, but I'm not saying that God caused that. But what I'm saying is, is all things work together Amen. for good. Yes. And that scripture, yes. Romans eight twenty eight, kept coming to me. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is God using this. I've been delivered of the nicotine so I can do a work for him. Well, not knowing it, yous were there but not knowing it on the building at that time, uh, as I, my relationship grew with God because I would talk to him so much and I was wired shut, I didn't know what God was preparing me for. Looking back, I know, but at that moment, I couldn't look ahead. And know. So I, I had a strong relationship with the Lord, and then I found out my father was really sick. And I'll say this, God worked it out, delivered me, healed me, saved me, set me free, took my father home to be with him, healed him, made him whole. And he also strengthened me for that time. So like he did it all in one, in that seven weeks. And it's, you know, I never put it all together. Then. It was a lot. But I'll share it here. On the third day. I was delivered of the tobacco cravings. Amen. On the seven weeks, seven is the number of completion. In the seven weeks, I was healed. I was stronger. And I had a relationship with God stronger than ever because all I did was talk to him. And at that time, then when my father took sick, it made it very easy to rely on God for everything. But... He, he healed me. He delivered me. Then he started doing the work in my life for the ministry. All at the one time. So that seven weeks was completion. It was, yes. 
So then I kept doing a little bit more at the church, whatever it was, help stat chairs, clean the parking lot. Be used where you could, yes. Be used where we could. And then we started doing the youth meetings, and we would do the the Bible study before the youth meetings, and I had the opportunity to do that. Then on... I was grateful, and I, I I just knew that I was where I needed to be at. And then I went on to preach my first sermon. We all laugh and joke about it. A Thanksgiving Eve. It was a Wednesday of two, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, two thousand two, and my father got to hear it on earphones in in his house. And uh, I preached on the. I never keep a message. No. And, you know, I, I've been told I, a couple of years ago I tried. I, I heard Ham Parker preach on it, do a teaching on it. And I uh, tried to keep a couple in my Bible. But I always pray and I say, God's going to give me the word that I need at that moment. Just me. That's just my, mm-hmm. the way I do things. And so I, I, I throw the messages away when I'm done preaching them. I never keep a message. But the first message I ever preached was on the sower. The sower of the seed. In uh, Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday of 2002, was the first actual real-life adult church service I ever preached. So you've been preaching for over 20 years. Yeah, I've been preaching uh, Thanksgiving Eve, Lord willing. If God spares me, it'll be my 22nd. Thanksgiving Eve. And you've preached every Thanksgiving Eve every since. Thanks- every, every Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve. Eve. Yes, we know. We Thanksgiving know it's Carlos. Every, yes. every Thanksgiving Eve. Yep, yep we don't need 20, to. Who's preaching tonight? We 20, know. 22 mm-hmm. years. Because I put beside this, you're young. You've been doing it a long time. 22 years. That's that's good. Yeah. Uh, that's I good was time. 23 years old. We're young. Yes, but that's good. So I was 13 when I was, what, the day I believe I was truly saved, I was 13 years old. Yes. Like I said, I, I I done well for a little bit. I was running good and somebody hindered me. <laughs> yeah, who right. you? Yes. I started I was I was like the prodigal. When I realized the mess I was in, I started my journey home. That's it. Thank God for grace. Oh. And yeah. the, them open arms that's always waiting on the prodigals. You wanna do the next one, anime? Well, you kinda answered how did you get into the ministry with that. So we'll skip to uh about your dad and his barrels, and how did that come all about uh, the Salvation Army ministry? Which, by the way, that when we opened this building here, they come and give us an award and said how that barrels, which is amazing, supplied more. Am I wrong? Than it was like eighty percent of the, oh, yeah, the what the they food get. Bags. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the food bags. So how did that well, come? Here's how that started. When the church first opened here. My father went the first Sunday and stuff, and he uh, he was praying one night, and he, he he wanted to do something for God, and he he said, you know, God led him to feeding the hungry. He said, I the Holy Spirit led him to feeding the hungry. He said that I can do. So he told Uncle Jimmy, and him him and Uncle Jimmy went down, and Dad bought four barrels, and and it's the same barrels, it's the original barrels my father mm-hmm. bought right here in the hallway. And uh, that's how it started. And the first place he went, the first week they were fine. And then the second week, they run him. And he was so disheartened and disappointed. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, when they did, him and Uncle Jimmy was going and he pulled into the Salvation Army. And he met Walt. Walt and George was the original. Well, Walt and the, the other man, uh, he died a young man, but George took over. But long story short, they were Christians and welcomed him and all. They couldn't believe it and told him how they needed it and how it was really a good thing and for years and years and years and then my father died right after it and all three we continued ma did it for a while and Jeannie would take it and then i would take it and now me and my boys thank god take it and i'm thankful to god that the boys take it with me amen and i have that broke down here I, you and your boys yes because i see the boys with you and uh, you know something i i i pray that all my family naturally would be would be touched and serve God with all their heart, you know. Yes, absolutely. But well, they, isn't that something, something to go Charlie? On. That that's a heritage your father left behind to your kids and his grandkids. Just yeah. think of that. He started that, and they're continuing on his work. And who knows? Maybe someday your grandbaby and that doing it. Your grandkids, you know. Yeah, but that's that's how that got going. And uh, I pray to God, and I believe God will. And that was in. Uh, that's when the church first opened, so that would have been October of 2001. Yeah, I think so. October. 22 year then, coming up. Yeah. yeah. And you know, some, not only is it just, a, it ain't just a food ministry, because many of times, many of many a times, God has opened doors when I've been delivering the food, where somebody will say, Sir, can I please have that? Somebody standing in line waiting for a peanut butter sandwich or one of the bags or food and i'll say do you have a need and i'll say this that or the next thing or i'm sick or, mm -hmm. and i'll say to them you know i'm a pastor at my church one of the pastors and i present the gospel to them and yes. it presents an opportunity to pray for the yes. sick for people to receive christ to preach the gospel outside of a pulpit ministry right absolutely and it uh it it encourages anybody that goes down, which we, you know, yes, Martha, yes. with the outreach and yeah. Bill and everybody knows with the outreach here. When you see the hurt and you see the people and you know something, the people is so acceptable to it because you're giving them a hope that they don't have. And they've never heard of the hope. Amen. That they have in Jesus. Yeah, that's it. And, and you don't realize the ministry and the outreach of people on that witnessing and that one-on-one -on -one and, and giving somebody a cup of water in the name of Jesus. Amen. The difference, the love of Christ being showed to them, what kind of impact it has on their life. Yes. Amen. Would you like to ask them something, Bill? Or he's pretty well answering everything. Yeah, he's, he's going right along. I just don't want to be like taken all over. You know, somebody else had a question. Uh, yeah, I had wrote that down. You and your boys before, uh, you know, and me even said that because I see your kids coming with you when you go to. Well, I thank God I can rely on the boys too. Like if I'm out of town or something, the boys will do it. But I also have to say that, you know, everybody, Esther, Georgina, my sister, my mother, uh, my daughter-in-laws took it. It's, it's, it's everybody's ministry. Just like the sandwich making, just like, you know, if you, if you're, Everybody's called. That's yes. it. Everybody's called. Amen. Listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers That's are few. Right. That's right. And everybody's called. 
to preach the gospel of Jesus. Absolutely. Everybody's called to lead a lost and dying world to Christ and Amen. let your light shine before man. Amen. Everybody's called Amen. to do that. Everybody in our congregation, everybody in our culture, everybody that we know around the world is called to show the love of Christ one to Absolutely. another. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. And that would be, your father would be happy about that too, the amount of people involved in a ministry that yes. you start. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And let me say this now. Yes, there's people that throw stuff in the barrels. I'm not saying that. And w w everyone participate, please. We need all the help we can get. Yes. But Esther I is know. so faithful. I know. In, the, in feeding the hungry. Superwoman. Uh-huh. A big, a big, big part of the ministry of the outreaches of the food ministry of New Life. Oh, all of it. All the of outreach it. downtown. Mm -hmm. She got all the food set up yep. where we could just go pick it up. And it, 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 yeah, she's definitely, yeah, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, not to take too long or change the subject, but on the sandwiches, one, one testimony, I'll show you how the Lord works. It was real cold. It was the winter time. And it was, uh, gosh, it was right before, like, one of those weeks right before Christmas where we stopped the deliveries mm -hmm. that week. Mm -hmm. And it was like the last week that we delivered. When I pulled up to the Salvation Army, the door's locked. The man's coming to open it. Here comes a man, and he's riding on a bike. And uh, he's freezing. He's soaking wet, and he has a white T-shirt on. And the man would have been about 60 years old. And he had left an um, outreach, like a home that he was in, that, that they set him and his friend up. They were homeless. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I'm freezing. And I had a hooded sweatshirt on from Dun Edwards. I give it to him. The man put it on. He was so grateful. And he said, you know something? He said, are you the guy with the peanut butter sandwiches? I said, yeah, it's my church. I said, we deliver them. He said, that's the best meal we get all week. What a sentence. And he said, uh, my my roommate, he said, my best friend, he came down with something, and he's now paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair. So he said, I ride 13-point-some miles each direction, 27 miles round trip, to get him and his friend a peanut butter sandwich. And he said to me, you know the best part of it? I said, what's that? He said, the gospel tracks inside we read. Mm -hmm. Well, needless to say, we got the man a Bible. We got his friend a Bible, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we prayed with the man. But it's your story after story when you, it, it's, you're very grateful and very thankful. It's a very humbling experience when you see it. But well, when you see the joy of the Lord on people's yeah. life by getting so little. Amen. It's we a blessing. So much for granted. It's well, that's the thing that'll keep you going. Believe me. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. The Last joy of question, the Lord. Charlie. What's your vision for your church and for our people? Well, number one, I would pray that my children, my family, first and foremost, and all the young people, not just my family only, but start in my house. I would pray that the Holy Spirit would start there and that 
there would be a, a great move of God like there was in the 70s yes. or like there was in the early 90s. And without a vision, the people perish. And I would pray that I would pray that the Holy Spirit would bring true revival. That's my prayer. And I do believe, I do believe with all my heart that we are going to see it. Amen. I Amen. believe we're living in the last days. I believe we're living in the final seconds. And I do believe that, yes, there is a great falling away. There is no doubt. I mean, we all can see physically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God has enlightened a lot of us spiritually to, to see spiritually. And we can, we can see that the times we're living in. And the messages that's being preached across the world, not just here at New Life and not just in our ministry, but everywhere you go, every channel, every news channel, mm -hmm. it fulfills everything that the scripture says and backs it up. Mm -hmm. But I would pray that, that the Holy Spirit would move in every home, starting in mine, that there would be conviction, true conviction that would lead to true repentance, that would lead to restoration and revival. True revival, where there's a fire forever burning until Amen. until the Lord calls us home. Amen. And that would be my prayer and vision. And I do believe we are going to see it. I do believe that if we Keep on keeping on. And the words of Ian Newlands, if we keep on keeping on. Keep on the straight and narrow, yeah. You yeah. can't. There, there's nothing in Egypt. No. Don't look back. There's nothing there in Egypt. Believe there. me. There's I'll nothing. come into agreement with that, Charlie. Amen. Yes. yes. There ain't nothing there. There's Listen, there's a lot of good memories and a lot of good things, but there's nothing in Egypt. No. There's nothing no. in the bondage no. that we were brought out of. No. You know, no. there's That's a... Right. There's a lot greater ahead than what's behind. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Stay focused. Well, the Lord says, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And this is the reason we see a shaking and Satan's really loose on his rampage. Because mm -hmm. the more damage he's doing, the more work the Holy Spirit's going to do. More people's going to get delivered and saved and set free in this time. That's right. And it says where sin abounds, where it's running rapid, the grace and the love of Jesus Christ is going to abound more. And if we pray, like Charlie just said, for his family and for the kids, that's where the power of God is going to be released and they're going to become Satan fighters and we're going to see the revival that we're praying for. Amen. Because we're planting the seeds for the revival. And these young kids that we're so worried about, God's going to open up. And you watch the authority and the power that the church is going to have through Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. 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 Receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Anything, Adam, you want to add? No, I, I really got touched by your uh, testimony, Charlie. Very I really good. did. And I, I learned things I didn't know. And I loved you bringing up Bubba Wells. He was yeah. a big part of my life, too. Yeah, yeah, me too. He was a big part of everyone's life. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. A tremendous man of God. Mm -hmm. Well, with yeah. that, if nobody, go ahead. Did you have something uh, to say, Charlie? Well, what I would say, I, I do want to add this before right. we close out, is anybody that feels like, again, Anybody that's a Christian is called yes. to serve. Yes. Okay. And we went through that. And you know, there's no 
There's so much we can do right here. We don't have Absolutely. first Judea. Absolutely. And then the uttermost parts of the earth. We have a work to do right here. And from my age group down, from, from young couples and the children, my children, my grandchild, my family, and all the other young people, now is not the time to back off. No. Amen. And if you feel like you... If if you feel that tug in your heart, you, you you know it. You know when the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, and you know the desire that's in you. Greater is He that is in you than He that that's is in right. the world. Amen. And if if that is happening to you, don't hold back. Don't let wives, husbands, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. That's Nobody stop said. you. That's what Jesus said. That's you right. take up your cross, That's deny right. yourself, and follow him. That's right. Amen. Forget the noise. There's no time to play games. That's Amen. Right. Amen. Time is running out. Do not do not listen. And it, it what would I say to young people that's looking to get into the ministry? Let me tell you something. That's the last question. Keep training. That's because it. you are in for the fight of your life. Amen. <laughs> Do not think that it's going to be, he said, you will suffer persecution. <laughs> but be of good cheer, Amen. I have overcome. Amen. And the only thing we can do is keep looking to him for the victory. And even though, like there was, like I said from the beginning, I, there was no way in the world I would have known at three years old when somebody laid hands on me and prophesied how it would all unfold. And how that it would come about. But here it is today. So that's all I can tell you. Amen. How is it going to end? Look to him. How right. is things going to go? Look to him. He is the answer to everything. Okay. Yesterday, again, and I'll, I'll stop speaking. That's okay. In the go words ahead. of Bobby Wells, yesterday is history. That's right. Tomorrow is a mystery. Yeah. Serve Jesus today with all your heart. Amen. And don't wait. Don't think you have tomorrow and don't think you have next week and don't things can happen in the blink of an eye. In fact, the church will be took out of here in the twinkling of an eye. Mm -hmm. In a split second, that sky will split from east to west and open up like a scroll. And you'll see Jesus in the clouds calling his bride home. His bride will be without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, clothed in the righteousness of him. For those who live for him in obedience to him through the Holy Spirit working in them. And no other way. There is no other way. Right back to the salvation message that I give my heart to Christ. There is no other way but through Jesus. Every victory will be won through Jesus. Every battle of your life. Every sickness that you go through. Every problem. Every circumstance. Let me tell you something. My father would tell me in when he was going on to be with the Lord, he would say, son, I crossed a million bridges in my life. He would call any kind of life circumstance or hardship or whatever it might have been, problem, a bridge. And he would say, I crossed a million bridges in my life. And now that I'm going on to be with Jesus, all I can tell you is he brought me over every one of them. And I don't remember them now. Amen. And you know something? That's what it is. I've went through, I, I'm catching up to I've had a few hundred thousand bridges. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you firsthandedly, do not try to fix things on your own. Do not let the flesh dominate. Pastor Charlie will say to me all the time, he's talked me off of many ledges. He's like my brother. 
my older brother, and he'll say to me, stop, stop, just stop. That's what he'll call and tell me, just stop. Wherever you're at, pull over and pray. Pray and read your Bible. And you know something? There's times he would say it to me, and if I would have had hair, I'd have pulled it out. <laughs> but I took his advice, and I would pull over and, and never, ever, ever want to handle it the way he's telling me. But knowing that it was right yeah. and pull over and pray. And you know something? That's another reason I'm still standing. Amen. 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 And I just want to say we appreciate you, Charlie. Our church appreciates you. Thank we you. Do. We Amen. want to thank you for coming today. Amen. And your testimony was tremendous. Thank you. I was glad I could speak. I'm glad you could too. Thank you, Charlie. God bless. We just can't wait for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving again. I'm getting ready. That's <laughs> it. Amen. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may you grow in his word and spirit. God bless.